formal intro. This is Strong Calm Podcast. Yeah. Calm, C-O-M, the root word for together or in common. And I use that as a spring word, springboard to talk about communication, community building, and how those two build strong company, whether that's the company that you're building, like a business, or the company that you keep, like my friend here, right? So, uh, Mike, you've got a lot of experience in poetry, spoken word, being a professional public speaker around 20 years, right? Um, a writer, published author, activist, any other extra things you want to throw in there? No, I'm just a man. Just a man. That's it. Just doing what, I, just doing what I'm led to do, and, and I'm glad you have met some brilliant and, uh, and also community-minded people like yourself, so I'm just happy to be here. Excellent, excellent. Well, I'm, I'm happy to have you because I, I got some questions to go over. Oh, so, um, so, first off, I want to do some background. Before we break into the three C's, I want to just talk to you about uh, how you got into poetry. Because you've got such a long storied career and you've been, you know, it's taken different turns. So, how did you first step into to poetry and discover poetry as an art form? Um, back in December of 1997, I came in from a real long day as a CPS investigator working in the field. I came in uh, from the job, sat down at my desk, put my head down, and I just started crying because of all the stuff I had witnessed that day. But when I lifted my head, I had a pen in my hand. And the first thing I wrote was, what good is my master's degree if I can't even master me? Mm. And then after that, I started writing as a way of, you know, um, purging, venting, uh, just getting it out on paper and not taking it home. And the rest is history. I wrote something, somebody read it. They said, hey, go over there. There's a bunch of people over there doing some writing type stuff, you know, you know whatever y'all do. And I went over there and uh, met a few people. And, and next thing you know, uh, we started uh, doing uh, poetry grams. Uh, and then after that, we got into poetry slams. And then we started the Fort Worth national team. And uh, the rest is history. It's led us to uh, do a lot of things with poetry, uh, a lot of things with creative writing for youth and adults. And it's, uh, it's tricky business out there, but uh, the main thing we've kept uh, as part of what we're doing is that we've always been able to have a message in what we're doing. And that's led me to people like you and other people uh, who do similar work in the community because it is a community-based uh, platform. Excellent. And how old were you at that time when you discovered it? Oh, man, I was uh, maybe... 35. Okay. 30, no, 30, 33. Okay. 33, because it, it would have been 23 years, and my birthday is actually this Thursday. So, but the actual anniversary of the 23rd year of writing is December 21st this year. So it'll be 23 years since I wrote my first anything. What was your perception of poetry before you? found yourself, stumbled yourself into yeah, I thought poetry was for, you know, it, it was a, it was a, it was a, not a manly thing. Uh, it was like, pooey, poetry, you know, I dare you invite me to something like this. And um, I, I didn't have, it, have a high appreciation for it. I'd never been to an open mic. I didn't know anything about the community. Um, but when I, when I came in from that day and wrote something and then found, and found it necessary to share it, uh, then that's when I found, or should I say, you know, we always say, you know, I didn't 
I didn't find poetry, poetry found me. Yeah. And so um, when it happened and I found that uh, the, the, not just the thrill, but the actual, actual support for where it comes from. It came from a deeper place for me. It wasn't just for, you know, to try and impress the ladies or it wasn't, you know, something that I was trying to, you know, uh, uh, make any money from. It was just, I just had something I had to say. I got it out and I found that there were other people who had similar, you know, paths in, in, in sharing their work and, and that became a community. And then I saw the value of being a part of the poetry community. So that's, that's where that began. Love it, love it. So. Um, I've got aha moments here uh, mm -hmm. that it sounded like that was an aha moment. It was. Um, so that got you in the door. Right. Was there an aha moment, a turning point that led you to down the path of more of a, you know, maybe there's a professional kind of lane that I can fill here and, and kind of getting into the Fort Worth Poetry Slam. And right. Th was there another moment that kind of shifted you there? Or Yeah. Uh, there was... Um uh, I think in 1999 in Fort Worth, mm -hmm. there was a performance poetry uh, thing at the Botanical Gardens in Fort Worth <clears throat> that was held by the Sawgrass and Friends. And it was a performance poetry thing. It's the first time I'd ever read publicly. And so I did a poem called, um, I forgot the name of that poem. Uh, it, was, it was some, it, it, oh, um, I forgot the name. Anyway, it, it was a poem about lynching. Mm. And I actually dressed as a slave Whoa. and I walked in with a like a burnt rope around my neck and I recited the poem and won the competition. Wow. So but it, it, so that's, you know, before Poetry Slam, you can't do that. It's prop, you know. Right. But uh, for this, it was uh, it was uh, that was the first time I thought, well, you know what? Um, the thought process that goes into uh, creating a poem and now uh, fusing it with performance. You know, that's something that I liked and, uh, and, and there seemed to be, um, you know, an appreciation for it. So that was the turning point for me to see that, that could, this could actually be something more than just an open mic, do a poem, sit down. I could actually do something where I can fuse, you know, some, uh, some, some, some activities with it. And so that was, the, that was my aha moment. Wonderful. Wonderful. So let's jump into uh, the three C's. Okay. And we'll, we'll, we'll probably dot around okay. uh, your career a little yeah. bit. But yeah. um, so... Communication being the first one, I, I feel like it's the beginning. So if you want to build a strong company, uh, build a strong relationship, right. it's a business personal, you've got to start with communication. Right. And your expertise is in poetry and public speaking. So um, I, I think there might be some people who are really new to poetry as an art form. Right. Um, so I think it would be worthwhile to just ask, you know, what is poetry and have you define it? Well, uh, poetry, um is a disciplined uh, art form. It's a, it's a way of writing thoughts and moments and messages. And, and let me just clear this up. Poetry and spoken word are two different things. All right, poetry is the, it's the discipline, discipline in writing. You know, you got uh, different styles of poetry. You got triolets, you got uh, tanka, sinru, uh, 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 sestinas. You got, you know, different villanelles. You got different ways of writing a poem. They have a strict discipline, line lengths, uh, in rhyme, slat rhyme, you know, all the stuff that goes with writing poetry. And then that you have spoken word, which is storytelling with a kind of poetic twist, you know, some slant rhymes, and, and you find a way of doing the same thing, but uh, it doesn't have as much of a discipline to it. And it's really meant, in my opinion, more to the performance arts, you know. So poetry is, both of those are just ways of expressing yourself and finding a creative way to do so, in my opinion. 
Love it. And so have you always felt, speaking to your origins, um, the performance side has always been really where you, your primary focus is? It, it has been because, and the reason why, is because when you talk about communication, uh, for me, it is about helping people walk into their purpose. And you have to be able to, to communicate uh, what's inside you, and you have to be willing to do that in a way that connects to people. So performance poetry for me was a natural progression to find people, to find ways for people to not only get up and share their piece, but to be able to, you know, uh, adhere to certain performance tenets like eye contact and your know, inflection and you know getting close to the mic. So I found a way to try and teach people that in order to communicate, you have to be one, you have to be very clearly heard. You have to write what you have to say very well, you know, and you have to be willing to get up and and in, in any situation, in any atmosphere, if you have something to say, be willing to say it. So uh, my progression towards performance was natural because I thought it was a perfect way to get people to just get outside themselves. And then that feeling that you say an aha moment, I call it the Forrest Gump braces come off moment. Yeah. When they, you know, when it's the same thing where people kind of, you know, okay, I, I like this. I liked it that, that there was a platform built that was safe and supportive where I could communicate my feelings, my thoughts. Same thing goes with building a company. You have to be clear about your expectations, the mission for your company, the vision, and then everybody has to be on the same page. No pun intended. <laughs> um, I, yeah, uh, love it. So I, I kind of just framed this as what, where, when, why to, to kind of cover the bases. So um, for somebody outside and maybe for somebody inside or for somebody outside of, of poetry, why is poetry important? And then I would say, why has poetry become such a force for you in, you know, for 20 years? Okay. Well, poetry is important because of two things, mainly. One, writing. Um, the lost art of writing. Uh, being able to get out of you the things that you don't realize that if they stay bottled up inside you, they kind of filter through how you react to people, how you interact with people, mm -hmm. how you approach certain situations. Uh, with the clear thinking. To me, if you, uh, just like when you purge or when you fast, uh, for me, poetry is a way of, of venting that becomes a kind of emotional fasting and you use literary arts, performance arts to kind of enhance that. Just like going to the gym, you're exercising, uh, in my mind, you're exercising this uh, mental and emotional you know, wellness that's, that's natural when you're writing. It, you, you're getting it out, you're able to look at it, there they are. And that's the feeling that I had. So it's very important to do that. And, and, and if you do it enough through journaling, uh, through blogging, through whatever it is, then it becomes a skill. Mm -hmm. And then that skill is something that if, you know, people hear you, just like people are hearing this wonderful show, by the way, this guy's for hire, by the way, I'm just letting you know. <laughs> All right, he's awesome. All right, as a poet, as an author, he's, he's great. You heard me say it. Um, but if you do it long enough, if you exercise that passion and that skill of writing, and then speaking, then it becomes a skill that people see as uh, something I want for my class. I want this for my church. I want this for my, my conference. I want this for teacher development. I wanna know how did you get so well versed at writing poetry about a very you know, number of topics 
and then being uh, brave enough to speak about it and then speak very clearly, communicating very you know, precisely what exactly it is in that moment that you wrote. And that skill does have value for some people. Mm -hmm. And so over the years, that's how it's happened. People, people don't realize this, but sometimes I'll just go, you know, just pay for gas and a meal and I'll come down because I want to be an example, just like you know, of a poet who actually cares about what he writes, how he says it, and who he connects to. And that seems to have, have had value. So that's how I kind of got into it, Love you know? It. Love it. Um, you're, you're touching on a little bit of like the diary entry. And I think that's where a lot of poetry lives in people's minds. It does. Um, and I, I want to ask, you know, kind of a, a poetry talk shop a little bit uh, question in that, like one thing that I, I juried the, the poetry event that happened for ETX creatives here mm -hmm. in Work Hub yesterday. And it's not something I was, it was something I was asked to do. I've experienced reading poetry, mm -hmm. but I don't consider myself as, you know, this high tier judge of all, you know, uh, what's good and what's not. But your volume of work is the reason why you're considered that. Right. Your consistency in what you do. And that's why you were asked. And yes. that's just, that, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I'm no, just saying. No, it's good. And I'm, I would ask you because I know your volume of work. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you have put in the work. So why would I not naturally, oh, I, let's get Aaron. He's always out there in the poetry right. community. He's always doing this. He's featuring places. He's in slams. Yeah. He is the natural choice. So, I, I'm honored right. for that. My question is right. to you is, is how do you differentiate, you know, one, one poem that would fit within, you know, uh, one poem that could possibly resonate well to an audience in a spoken word environment okay. when somebody is perhaps always enclosed it in their diary beside their bed. So like that step between that, that poetry that is very deeply personal, mm -hmm. that's almost I'm speaking to myself. It's definitely right. like in, in my experience, my first poetry performance was in a slam because I had no idea what I was doing. And I also had an intense desire to to speak okay. and the only way I could do is pay to play so right. I paid to play and right. I crashed I knew I'd you know yeah. I, I would lose but it didn't matter at that right. point but then I it was a it was a learning experience for me of like oh well I need to really think about that person so could you speak on like how would you coach a younger poet if they're wanting to get out there a little bit okay. more okay. to package their poetry their personal story for the public what I would say to that young poet, or either someone who's young in poetry, right? Um, I would simply say this. If you've written, and a lot of times people will come to our events, and they actually are those people who do journals and do diaries, and they're actually kind of getting their feet wet by seeing they actually already want to do it. Mm -hmm. So for us, it's about creating a safe environment and a supportive environment for them to do it. So what I would say is that I would convince that person, I would say to that person, um, you know you have something to say. Don't be Anne Frank. Let us be a part of listening and be inspired by what you have to say. You have something to say. And it's all about whether or not you want to say it because I guarantee you if you say it and people hear it, they're going to be transformed. They're going to be inspired. They're going to... They're going to want to. Uh, uh, they're going to want to reach deeper inside themselves, and and be as brave as you are. So, but it, it it's like it's a it's a it's a circle of support here. Once, once someone shows that they're vulnerable and transparent, that translates into I'm brave and I'm confident. 
And that yeah. becomes a habit. That becomes contagious for an audience. That creates, that helps create the community. These people need to know that it's okay to do that. And so I would say to the young poet that it's okay if you want to share. If you don't, it's okay. But if you do, there is a place for you where people will embrace it. And, and, and you should come and just see how that works. And you know, no pressure. But, it, but, 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 it, but, but I've read your work or I've seen your walk and I would love to just hear you. You don't have to get on the mic, just share it. And sometimes when you do that, when you encourage a person just to you know, share, they end up being, you know what, I'm gonna go ahead and read. I'm gonna go ahead and come, I'm gonna do it. Mm -hmm. you know? And so I would say to that young person or that person young in poetry, you know, never be afraid to share your heart. Love it, thank you so much. Yeah. And I think, you know, I, I, I've got one foot in the, the poetry, the artistic bag, and yeah. one foot in the business bag on yeah. this podcast. Got you. And, but I think that the principles of poetry, and exactly what you just said, the vulnerability, the bravery, the, 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 Transparency. the actual right. value mm -hmm. that that person has, or the story a business has, right. is there right. for everybody that's trying. Right. It's only a matter of tapping into that. Right that what you what you just right. touched on right. so I, I really appreciate that right. um i think it's a good segue to get into the second c which okay. is community which okay. is you know we're, we're we're we focused on the individual okay. uh we're we're broadening it out okay. okay so you've done a lot of community work i mean you are a uh you don't just talk the talk right. you walk the walk and that's uh, what i like to call what i like to say is use your words okay. turn your words into action and you're you're someone who does that pretty okay. regularly so let me ask you about the poetry community in general. We'll kind of go 10,000 feet and then we'll, we'll drop down real okay. local. So um, poetry community um, as, a, as a whole, I, I suppose we, we, could, we could kind of um, narrow it down into spoken word. So I kind of want to tap into the spoken word community, maybe in Dallas or maybe the international slam right. scene, that kind of stuff. Okay. Tell me, you know, what your insights and thoughts and maybe introduce somebody to that to that other world of poetry. That's that's not the Barnes and Noble bookshelf. Right. It's the spoken word right. in real life, in person community aspect. That's what I fell in love right. with. So right. speak on that a little bit. Well, and the reason why you, the same reason you fell in love with it, the same reason I fell in love with it is because you know, it, it, you, were, you were received and embraced and supported uh, in, in, on two levels. One, as a, as a writer, and two, as a performer of your writing. Uh, if I were talking to any young person who was wanting, wanting to uh, be exposed to more than just the Barnes & Noble scene, I would say, I would first warn them and let them know that there are, there are writers and, 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 and spoken word artists at different levels in their in their experience with, with sharing. And you're gonna experience that. Don't be intimidated. Uh, just be open and you'll learn. Your style is your style. Don't worry about what someone else does. Just be yourself and be the best at being yourself. Don't worry about stage names. Don't worry about slams. If you wanna do those things, that's fine. But don't lose who you are. Stay true to the first, first for, the, to the, for the main reason you started writing is to share, is for yourself. And just, carry that onto any mic, wherever you are. Um, the spoken word community is a vast community, not just locally, not just regionally, but na nationally and internationally. And I've been blessed to, you know, to, uh, to, to be a part of all of it. Uh, but it comes at a price sometimes when you expose yourself uh, and you're not ready. Um, 
you have to be ready. And that transparency, that consistency with communicating, you know, what you do and, 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 and how you do it, it reflects on you if you can't keep your word. It reflects on you if you can't if you can't share your words in a way that reflects your walk. And I would say that person don't write for performances, don't write for slams, just stay true to who you are. And if people can embrace you, find a community that can embrace you. But for the most part, uh, the spoken word community, which involves you know music and poetry, involves uh, uh, PSI slam poetry, button poetry, you know, uh, all the different coupsa. It, right. it involves a lot of things, a lot of levels. Brave new voices. Right about now. Well, right about now. Yeah, yeah, right about now. Houston, and you got uh, a whole lot of other things that you know, Southern Fried. Everything that's going on with the different spoken word slam communities. Then you mm -hmm. have a spoken word community that don't have anything to do with competition. And right. then you have the older folks, you know, that just want to come do poetry and spoken word. But it's not the Barnes and Nobles. It's still performance based, but they found a way to create a safe environment for them. Uh, so it depends on the people, the person, and where they're coming in and what level they're coming in. There are some people that pick up a pen, and just just because they're expressive in their life, they're going to be expressive, you know, the first time they write. They're going to knock it out the box. Mm -hmm. And but for the, those who are not, don't worry about it. Your time will come if you stay involved and expose yourself to the right people, like Aaron or Ann McCready or someone else who does a lot of things, creating platforms for other people, this show being one of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I want I, I would regret it if I didn't talk to you directly about SLAM, um, because we've brought it up, and a lot of times, it, it, it is a, such a niche, it is such a micro community within poetry, right. um, uh, even though it gets a lot of fanfare, mm -hmm. um, and I think a lot of people have recognized, could recognize it. Mm -hmm. They don't know what's happening. No. So could you break down SLAM, um, define it, and just okay. kind of share what SLAM is? Okay. And then we'll get into, like, you know, it, it's, it's war with words, right. words, you know? So we'll, yeah, get, it we'll get into that a little bit. Well, uh, SLAM, as you know, is a, uh, is a spoken word competition created in the late 1980s uh, by a Chicago construction worker. Uh, poets have up to three minutes with a 10 second grace period to recite an original poem and they'll be judged on a scale of 0 to 10. 0 0.1, 5.2, 9.3, 10. Uh, there'll be five judges and they'll be judging at the end of the po uh, at end of the, each poet's one poem performance. Uh, the judges will be asked to give that score and you, you write down all five scores but you drop the high score, drop the low score and add only, only the three middle scores. Whichever poet has the highest cumulative average of those scores after one, two, or three rounds, unless it's a you know big uh, you know like I whips or nationals, you know several days, whoever has the highest score, team or individual, is your poetry slam champion. Um, most for the most part, there are not a lot of um, uh, uh, reading. It's more performance, memorization. People have taken time, and the judges, you know, they reward that, you know, with a high score. Uh, but there are times where people can read and, and a poetry slam, and, it's, and, 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 they're, and they're just as effective. If you just close your eyes, you wouldn't know, because they're really good at expressing themselves. But that's that slam. You have uh, PSI, which is the uh, governing body for IWIPS, uh, and the National Poetry Slam, which is uh, there's a women's slam. There's a, oh, and uh, and. Uh, than a um, you know an individual IPS individual poetry slam championship that happen every year. Then you've got a whole lot of other poetry slams that you can be members you know be a, be part of uh, be pay a membership to and be privy to be uh, 
to represent your city or your, you know, or your organization if mm -hmm. they're involved in SLAM. Or you can just go to an individual uh, SLAM, wherever one is, and just pay the fees. But for the most part, it's going to be three minutes, ten seconds, read one poem per round, and each time you go up, you know, you'll get a score, and then the cumulative scores, that's how you determine the winner. But SLAM, there's no such thing as SLAM poetry. There's a poet who enters a poetry slam competition. Poetry slam is the competition. It's not, it doesn't define the poet because the same poem Aaron does at, you know, at, at Barnes and Nobles or at, uh, at his house, it's the same poem he would do if he were in a poetry slam competition. Slam is just an uh, exciting way to describe the competition, but you're, there's no such thing as slam poets. There are poets who are very dramatic and expressive and they happen, people happen to attach that term to them. That's true, that's right. true. Um, so, and you have experience in that. I do. Training poets up. I do. Prepping them for, yeah. you know, uh, to, to win. I, I have. I've had like, some good, we've been, we've been to the, uh, I have been to the final stage uh, as an individual. I've won international competitions. Uh, I've won uh, the Fort Worth National, uh, Fort Worth uh, uh, Poetry Slam Championship six times when I was doing it. And I've, I've been everywhere, Omaha, Houston, uh, Denver, different places, and I've been very successful. My first taste of national ranking was 2003. In 2002, I tried out for my team. I was so nervous, I didn't make my own team. And if you look at the newspaper clip, clipping, the, everybody's smiling but me. I'm like, what the? <laughs> but I went as a coach, and I learned a lot. Next year, Chicago, which is the home of Poetry Slam, uh, I, uh, did that, I did a poem that I wrote for my mom and uh, got a perfect 50 and shot from 400 to 20th in the country. My second year of performing after that, you know, um, St. Louis, then Albuquerque, we were number three in the country. After that, we, we just got, a, we were kind of a uh, mainstay. We were like the Navarro College of Slam as far as uh, making a semifinal or having a poet in the individual finals. And then of course, uh, with eye whips and everything else. So, and then of course I had the Brave New Voices team uh, and in Atlanta in 2015, they were also number three in the world. So I've had some success at taking both youth and adults and coaching. And that's why now I do a lot of workshops to try and get those people from page to stage. I want right. them to know that you can, at least you have a choice. You don't have to always read, but if you are, be prepared. So yes, I've had some extensive experience with SLAM. So speak on that prep preparedness real quick. So okay. like, like if, if you're gonna send a brave new voice to, to the wolves, you know, essentially, like how would you, like two, three things, you know, quick, like what are some things that they need to keep in mind um, as they enter in this not, other tier? Not to be, okay, first of all, it, you need to trust the coach. Trust that that person is dedicated to making you better and that anything they ask you is the things that they've done or willing to do themselves. And it's, you're, you're not going out on a track and running until you fall out. You're actually just writing and rehearsing. So you need to, I would tell that young poet that you need to trust what we're doing, practice, listen to what we're saying about the little things we can chip away at to make you better, work on your memorization. I will give them all kind of little techniques on how to do that and then let's keep rehearsing and rehearsing. And remember, when you get to the competition, no matter what you hear, don't be intimidated. Don't, make, don't think you're not good enough. Your moment is your moment. That's what I would say. And enjoy it, and then grow from it. And the next year we come back, we'll be there. Now you know. Because you, you can talk all you want to about you know, how to prepare, but nothing prepares the poet except for, you know you got in the slam, you mm -hmm. did it. So nothing, and, and, and here you are still 
you know, entering competition. So you must not been too, you know, <laughs> traumatized by it. No. So that's a, and, and then and then let them know that the competition that you have them in is going to be a safe, another safe and supported space. And if at any time you feel uncomfortable, you don't have to do it. And that's what I've always told my poets. Love it. Uh, bringing it down to the local level, we're in Tyler. You're from Jacksonville. I am. Um, and you've been, you know, uh, doing so much work in the East Texas area over the past year or right. so, uh, a little over probably, down in Lufkin. Right. Talk about, talk about the smaller communities, um, you know, that may not have a lot of outlets. Okay. And how and why your motivation and, and, right. and how that's blossoming in these areas, these local areas. Well, it, you know, for me, I, I am from Jacksonville, Texas, and um, I believe that there is a national slam champion in every community that if they have the opportunity to be exposed to a structured format and to poets, they can sharpen themselves and get to that level. I believe no matter where you are, Lufkin, Tyler, Longview, Cushion, Troop, there's just somebody there that has a natural kind of instinct on writing and sharing and they just haven't had the platform. So I don't think it's fair that East Texas doesn't have the same exciting, energetic, supportive space <clears throat> to, um, to share. So just like Dallas and Chicago and Miami, New York, um, I believe that I, is, it is my duty to try my best to build platforms and find a way to do it where I can bring the same energy and opportunity to the poets here who, if they have more experience to that atmosphere, they too will also be able to, uh, to, to kind of have that Forrest Gump moment mm -hmm. in their writing and their performance. So, it, and, and, and that's what I've done in Lufkin for the six years I've had the uh, Standpipe Poetry Slam uh, every first Friday of the month, except for, you know, except, you know, football season. We leave football season alone. We don't mess with that, you know. And then we come back in December through August, and that's what we do. Uh, and then, of course, I've done several things. You know, Tyler, this is the second annual MLK uh, that's happening today. And uh, in April will be the third annual East Texas, you know, uh, spoken word uh, invitational. I, and then, of course, I, I tried to do some stuff in, in, in Jacksonville. But, but there are already things going on. You got you here. Uh, you got you know, East Texas Creatives. You got uh, Longview with Brandon Johnson and the Gumbo Talk Show. Mm -hmm. uh, you've got uh, uh, Daytona. She's doing some stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, um, you've got a lot of people doing stuff. You know, Emma Crady already on a piece. This stuff already happening. So when you add, you know, myself, Tyler Loop. Yeah, Tyler Loop is I mean, Tyler Loop. Tyler Together Forum. They, they're the one that's fostering everything. You've already got people doing stuff. So when you add uh, Aaron or Michael, and then the post people that are coming to see their polish and their passion, then, then we create a momentum here like we do in other cities. Now, maybe not as much to have it on a weekly or a monthly basis, but enough where it can be appreciated. And that's the thing. There has to be an appreciation for poetry and spoken word. And it's, since it's not as prevalent here, then there's not, that there's not a high value for it. But when we finally do bring it, then it's, the buzz is tremendous. You know, you got the media coming out. You got, I'm doing this podcast right now. Oh, there it is right there. How y'all doing? All right. So you got, there's, there's, a, there's an audience for it. But we have to cultivate that audience. And we can't do that uh, with just, you know, one Barnes & Noble reading every month. Or we can't do that with one thing. We have to have a lot of other stuff going to create this spinning plate 
of, you know, of, of support. That's mm -hmm. what I call it. You know, spin the plate here, East Texas, uh, East Texas uh, Creatives, you got Art of Peace, you got Longview, and you got Lufkin. You know, East Texas has a, a little buzz of poetry and spoken word. And that, and I want to add to that, if I can, uh, with, with as much as I can. So that's, that's, that's how that goes. I love it. Um, okay, so right. we don't got too much more time. Okay, but, I'll, I'll uh, take, I'll be short, I'll be short. No, no, you're fine, you're right. fine. Good. But um, I, I want to be sure that we, we, we cover everything I wanted to cover. The other C? So, well, the other C, but before we get into the okay. other C, uh, to close out the community piece, okay. I ask this question on every single podcast okay. uh, that I have a guest, right. and it's called the village question. All right. Okay, the village question goes like this. Imagine that you're creating a village from scratch. It's a brand new plot of land somewhere, mm -hmm. right? and it's up to you to bring people together to that plot of land. Mm -hmm. But you only have four billboards uh, to, to do it with. Mm -hmm. So what one value or principle would you put on each one of those four billboards to attract your community to that village? Well, one billboard would simply say, let's work together. The other one would simply say, I have all, we, we have materials, but we can build more together. Uh, the other billboard would say, you know, once we finish, we'll have the space that we've always dreamed of. And then the last one would be, uh, let's eat. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's a poem in itself. There it is, That's man. a poem in itself. Well, I'm going to rewatch the show to, to know what I said, because I'm in the moment here with Aaron, y'all. Right, right. right. Um, all right, so going to, yeah. let's see. He's got the book, y'all. Yeah. yeah. Going, to, going to company. Um, we talked a little bit about, like, slam success, that kind yeah. of thing. Um, I, I do want to talk a little bit more about that. Like, mm -hmm. if there's a writer um, that's, that's listening, mm -hmm. um, how... What does a successful poetry career look like? Because it's very, it, there's not a lot of, it's kind of hard to tell, you know? Um, you see, you know, on, I, I think it's, poetry's in a really interesting moment now because of the internet, social media, yeah. there's a lot of um, authors on Instagram, that kind of right. thing that, that can catch fire and, yeah. you know, like a Ruby Cower or right. something like that. But the, and then Ruby Cower influences and that trickles down, creates a lot of other right. poets, you know, right. and inspires that kind of thing and that's all great right but she's also a a one of how many million right mm -hmm. um and you know it can be challenging to with poetry because like you mentioned there's not a lot of value for it in a lot of communities right. um, especially if it's a rural community but there's talented poets like you said yeah. out there right. so like how can somebody forge off in a in a poetry career in a, in a real way I, I, i'm kind of leaving it open right. but take it where you will uh, okay. on, on, on forging a poetry career, a career in, in the art form. Well, uh, speaking as a part-time, um, uh, having some part-time success at being a part-time uh, performance poet, um, the success that I've had has been from being able to write poetry that is relevant and has a message. For the poet who has success, they've written a lot of poets poetry that is relevant, that is well written, easy to read, and resonates. And what they've done is they've, they've either by luck or by research put themselves in a position 
where the literary arts community and the academic academia uh, can support them. Um, and they're able to, with that support, uh, be able to go places that you and I can't go, uh, not being, uh, you know, recognized as, uh, you know, at the same level. Mm -hmm. And the reason why is because we haven't had enough opportunity to do that. There are tons of opportunities for us to do that, but it, but it takes time. Um, it takes time to create a niche for yourself, uh, one in, in which you in which you can promote and be well known at, and so that the opportunities come more frequently than once or twice a month. Uh, for me, um, I've been able to do work a full time job as a social worker, and, and in that job. Uh, allows me the flexibility to do to now ex, um, capitalize on 20 years of uh, just being passionate to a, a weekly open mic or whatever it is that cr helps create this skill that we have. As you know, if you work something long enough, it becomes a skill that you don't even know you have. You know, uh, y you probably can take a word and create a poem like that. Well, for most people, that is not easy. It's easy for you, but you don't think anything of it. But to some school or college out there, oh my God, he just took that word and made a poem. It has value. We have to find more of those opportunities. You know, there's there's uh, grants, there's residencies, uh, there are uh, there are poetry prizes. You know, competitions uh, that you can enter, and and uh, there are conferences, there are writing conferences that promise that when you finish writing, you'll be able to get a certain amount of gigs. You know, you there there are there are opportunities out there, but you it is a full time job trying to become a full-time poet, but it's not impossible. It's just difficult because, you know, there's no, unlike making a cheeseburger, it's there, you can eat it and consume it. Mm. But when a poem, you know, you, you, that aha moment comes later when it's sitting on the table and somebody picks it up late at night, you know, and then they, I get it, I got it. So it's, it, you know, a lot of time it's not as much of a value for that. So literary arts in itself is, is a tough sell because it's not gas in the tank uh, it's not a cheeseburger right there. Uh, it's not a, a, a tangible right now, you know, benefit. Mm -hmm. uh, but it has benefit to a lot of people. Um, unfortunately, we need to find and uh, find those areas where it is a benefit, and then it becomes okay. That connects. I, I, I went over here to Case Canem, uh for Case, for example, is an excellent uh, writing you know institution. Uh, and there, and if you get in some of these writing institutions, like the Brown Book. Uh, thing they do in Houston as a uh, series uh, or the Maverick reading series at UTA. If you get have a series of, okay, he's done the Maverick reading series. He's done Cave Canem. He's done this. He read with Robert Pinsky to pull us a breath. Oh, well, then it's easier to get those those literary opportunities where people can actually pay you mm -hmm. as opposed to just give you a meal and gas money. So, and, and if you get enough of those, if you, again, it takes time then you can uh, carve out a career. But it's, it's difficult, but it's not impossible. Love it. Okay. That, that's, some, that's some good good tips, I think. Okay. Good tips. It just it, 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 it has a lot to do with being willing to do the work to find those opportunities, right. Right. nurture those relationships, right. keep knocking on the door, right. and don't let up. It, that's, that's what it is for a performance poet or a writer, period. Right. Because there are a lot of us out there wanting that same opportunity, and what makes us stand out above anybody else and we have to we have to find out what that is and then once we find once we get all the information about what it takes to get into a place we have to be willing to be disciplined enough to do it 
And if we're not, then we can't complain that we're not getting the opportunities if we're not doing the same work that those people who have gotten opportunities have done to get that opportunity. Yeah, so. yeah. And uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put a bit my business hat on for that because okay. I think there's application there too, where, where you know, if you have a commodity and you're trying to build a brand, right? right. You, you can, anybody can make a burger, right. but you know, Grub has built a brand around the craft and the art and the feeling and the idea of a burger, right? And what they did, they had to do the work and connecting these different relationships and say, well, what do people want out of this thing, right? So like, it, I'm kind of putting these two things together in that uh, it requires, it's like, it's like the, the art of brand building and the art of literary success. You've gotta be able to make the connection and make people really care about what you've gotta say. Right. You've gotta connect with this other type of um, idea and thinking. Right. You've gotta be, you, you gotta you got to work alongside people. Which gives it value. To, add, it value. to add that extra right. value to, right. to whatever you're bringing. Right, there you go. Right. Yeah. And, that, and that branding is very important. Mm -hmm. uh, I always say if you, if you wanna eat, go to Grand. <laughs> We're gonna get you some food before that. We're gonna get you some food. I couldn't um, resist. I was thinking about that. Any uh, any other parting words that you have? Man, for, all for I can say is, man, I appreciate it. Yeah, this man. is a wonderful podcast. This is a long time coming. I hope that people watching will come on out to the Foundry Coffee House, five o'clock straight up, y'all. Five to seven. Uh, wonderful show. It's always a lot of energy. It's a great space uh, because whether it's outside or indoors or wherever it is. Whenever Mike and Aaron are together, it's magic. And it's, it's a show. We can do the show by ourselves. <laughs> of course, we have to charge you, okay? I'm kidding. We're having fun. Right, right, That's right. That's it. Thank y'all so much. Thank awesome. you, man. Awesome. Thanks for tuning in to the Strong Calm Podcast. We will see you next time. And we'll see you, hopefully, if you're local here, here uh, at the Foundry. Peace. All right. Fun stuff. Right, there it is, man. Appreciate it, man. All right, man. Okay. We ready to go.